Hello and welcome to the Remaining Sane, Finding Peace in Our Chaos podcast, a podcast about theology and police work. I'm your host, Will, and in today's episode, I interview a high-ranking individual in the local police department, Mr. Danny Jones. Good morning, Mr. Danny Jones. How are you? I am doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. Good. Um, Before we get started, would you mind giving us a brief introduction as to who Mr. Danny Jones is. Yeah, sure. So uh, I've been in law enforcement for a little over 18 years now. I've done uh, all the other kinds of uh, wild and fun things. I was in the Marine Corps and Marine Corps Reserves for about 14 years total. Uh, Then I've uh, done some, uh, as far as my job role at the police department that I work for uh, happened to be over our special operations and support services divisions. Uh, it's in, it entails about 50, 60 cops. So uh, I, I have the pleasure of working with those guys and gals on a consistent day-to-day basis. And um, yeah, it's a lot of fun to work with those folks. Yeah. Um, but also something that uh, and when in the police academy, one of the things that you do is you talk to the recruits about um, their why. Would you uh, mind going into more what the, your why is? Ooh, yeah, so, uh, you know, there's a lot of different folks that have written a bunch of different books about the why and what your purpose is. You know, you got the purpose-driven uh, life. You've got the why cafe. You've got what's your why, you know, Simon Sinek, uh, you know, the different folks of, uh, you know, authors that have kind of done those things. Um, and I really talk specifically whenever I'm talking to the academy or to really to anybody, even as I go and I teach uh, for different organizations, um, what that why really truly means for someone and how that impacts your life. And if you do not and understand your why, it's hard for you to influence others to your why to be an influential person. And so if you do not understand that why, and on a consistent day-to-day basis, work to uh, be better than your yesterday, then it's very difficult for you to be able to accomplish that why. And so it's you know, I, I, I've got an acrostic that I use uh, for my purpose, right, and for what that why is uh, to help keep me grounded into what I need to do on a day-to-day basis to be better than my yesterday. Mm-hmm. So you've got, so let, let's say, so what you're saying is that you have certain, dare I say the term, liturgies that you use every day in order to you know, I wouldn't go as far as to say liturgies. I would just go as far as to say um, uh, more of a, a, a goal-setting uh, instrument to ensure that I am doing and following my why and finding my purpose on a, on a day-to-day basis. Is, you know, you could use it as a smart goal if you want to or a goal. Um, but, you know, and, and, and here's the thing, and, and, and that <clears throat> I would indicate for any one person, I, it's not that— I accomplish that goal or that purpose every day, right? Because I'm human. Uh, but what I do is I'm, I'm able to go back and look at and go, okay, I didn't do this well yesterday, so I've got to be better today than I was yesterday for this specific, what are, you know, whatever that that true uh, purpose that I didn't accomplish for the day prior. That That's something that uh, we hit upon in the first episode is that, Something that we struggle with doing as police officers, and one of you know my personal sins, is um, pride. And one of the ways to 
is to, to combat that is to acknowledge what the, you've messed up in the day and try to fix that thing. Because if you refuse to acknowledge and you, you've messed up, then you're going to end up doing the same thing over and over and driving yourself um, into just making the situation that you've created even worse. Correct. Right? 100%. Yeah. Because I mean, you know, and here's the truth about, and, and you brought up, uh, pride and ego and, and that's, that's the hard part, right? For, for as a police officer is to be able to, to find this word. And this word is very hard for cops to say is humility, right? Is to find some humility in, in where they're at in one in their policing, uh, in how they interact with one, a community, let's just say someone that is suspected of a crime um, and what that and how that transposed not only into their their work as far as being uh, at any one department it also transposes into their their personal relationships as well and so whenever we really talk about how holistically that works with our purpose and it's got to be the whole person. It can't be just the cop. And, and this is the reason why I say I, this is my profession. It's not my purpose. And, uh, you know, and my profession is, is what God has given me the ability to be able to do, right? Because let's face it, you put me sitting at a desk 20 or for 40 hours a week doing nothing but accounting, I am going to be horrible at that because that is not my, it's not my gig. It's not what God's given me the spiritual gifts for. Um, you know, I, I use this term kind of flippantly, but it's not in a sense, you know, God's given me the ability of his, in my opinion, the spiritual gifts of leadership and uh, some other things that kind of plants me as a cop. But once again, me being planted as a cop is not my purpose because my purpose is to a much higher thing than just being a professional cop to and and there has to be a delineation between the two because if there's not then we find ourselves getting so tied up into the 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 performance of being a cop versus of the purpose of being a cop exactly because we are we're humans and every time we're going to fail and that's drawing a similar comparison to uh, what I hear all the time is uh, there's a lot of people that I I hear that you know oh they they even may say that they're Christian or they're spiritual um, but they don't want to um, be part of a church because you know the church in the past has harmed them well you know what (laughs) we are all humans we are all going to fail church is made up of humans and every time that, you know, something bad will happen because we were fallen beings. Um, but getting back to police work, what, one of the things that uh, we talked about also in the, uh, in the first episode is teleology. And so to, as a reminder, um, to what that is, what that means, your telos is, uh, your purpose or your, the reason for which something exists. So right now, um, in this little uh, podcast room, we've got uh, a salt shaker or a salt grinder. The important, the tea, the, so the, for example, the telos of a salt grinder is to grind salt. So if it grinds salt well, it has a good telos. Um, your telos cannot be to be a police officer in this world because um, that is you know, what I posited earlier um, is that you're going to become nihilistic, cynical, or a substance abuser. And, um, 
you know, th- this is something that I'm pretty passionate about that I, I don't, I see this happen a lot and I really don't want people to fall into it because uh, you know, the dangers behind. Right. Uh, you know, the opportunity is there for folks, um, and for, for, to fall into, uh, if you will, a, a telos is outside of, uh, what a cop truly is. And what I mean by that is, is the opportunity is there for someone to be resilient in the long run, right? And that opportunity for someone to be resilient, a lot of it has to do on the professional and and personal um, aspects of, of what they've obviously experienced. So, you know, I'm not saying that someone cannot be a cop and not, um, have a good telos, if you will, using your term, um, and, and, and not your term, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I it's it obviously, it's, you know, it's obviously not your term. Uh, but, but, uh, but someone can, in a sense, holistically, um, be because of maybe of, of resilient things that they've done in their past, be a okay cop, and not necessarily be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Be, um, are you, are you leaning towards more like Christ centered or are you leaning? Yeah, no, you know, I, you know, here's the thing. And, and I'll say this is that I, I've seen people, um, specifically I've, I've seen, I've seen folks who are, who are not Christians, um, who are not Christ-centered, um, have an, have a, I would, I would term it as a okay career, right? However, I would say that those folks are not thriving in that career. And, and I think a lot of it just comes down to the, once again, a lot of the purpose that someone has had for themselves and 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 I, and I use I use aces scores right adverse childhood experiences as, as an example is because we're all looking for that that morality right we're, we're all searching for what does that really truly mean and and my purpose in my life but if you don't have that morality in in a sense of let's say for for an atheistic person um you know it's hard for them to draw into what a true purpose is right because what is the purpose um it doesn't mean that they can't do a job they can but what it really truly means is is that how are they going to as you say posit that relationship into a holistic um being for positive good for a community on the outside have you read uh c.s lewis's uh, abolition of man mm-hmm. so it's um, been a long time yeah, it's been a long time <laughs> yeah that was um i would say that that is one of the very first so when i read that when i was 17 years old that um, i've read it a couple of times since then and that i think is probably the the book um that was most influential I wouldn't say the you know the number one thing, but the the book that is most influential to my having become a police officer, and so I you know I come from a background of professors and academics and people who are not necessarily used to doing this kind of job, um, and so 
you know, I, I stick out a lot in the department um, because I, I know that, you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily the, the typical person coming into this, which I'm not sure if there really is a typical person. But, you know, I, I didn't come from, you know, a line of police officers or military or, you know, any of, this, of a lot of the or even blue collar jobs that, you know, tend to lead into this kind of work. Um, but one of the things that what C.S. Lewis posits in that book is that, and he's trying to escape Christianity just for the sake of making the argument. So he argues that morality is called what, what's known as the Tao. Um, and that, and so let's take it outside of, of, of Christianity, but let's say the good moral things in life. So providing for your family or um, staying true to your wife or not lying or uh, being humble. Let's, let's call those things the Tao. Um, it requires someone who has what he calls a good head and a good heart and a good gut to, um, to, to glorify um, Christ or to follow the Tao. He's trying to get outside of Christ. Um, and one of the things that, you know, my family is really good at the mind. Very, you know, I've got a lot of very smart people in my family. I've got doctorates, all kinds of done, all kinds of research. Um, and so, growing up, I was very much focused on the mind. Um, and then we all become susceptible to what he calls the gut. And the gut is the the uh, instinctive actions that we take. There, the the feelings that are much more. Um, I would call primal to us. So that's hunger or um, even like sexual desire. Um, if you're cold, the wanting to become hot, you know, or warm, the very physical um, primal wants, needs, desires. And then the, there's this third thing um, that I really hadn't delved into um, until this book. Um, and that's what he calls a chest. And the chest is the good moral sense that does the courageous and the right thing. Um, and being a police officer all the time, you are pra- you are, you have to practice having a good chest. And if you don't have that, then very quickly you can fall into either doing bad things at work, doing bad things at your house and, you know, we, we have to cultivate our morality so that we don't fall into that because we're all the time in, inside of it, right? You know, we're constantly in the, you know, the moral depravity of the world around us. Well, yeah. So, I mean, because, I mean, obviously Proverbs tells us that, right? What comes out of, you know, what's what's in the heart comes out of the mouth. Um, so, you know, it, it, it it's, you're exactly right in a sense of, um I, I like to use this word integrity and and to ensure that any one of us and when I'm talking about integrity, it's it's doing the right thing when no one's looking, right? That's the easy that's the easy one on that. Um, but if we don't have a, a a compass, if you will, to our morality, then what is our morality and how do we actually hold that that one term of called integrity sacred? We can't. And uh, I mean that's 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 the fulcrum of the reason why I personally, um, you know, follow Christ is because that, that keeps me centered. And, uh, you know, if I, as long as, as long as I stay centered on him, I, 
I'm going to fail. It's not if I'm going to fail. I'm going to fail. Um, but, it, you know, recognizing those times and going, okay, hey, you know, knucklehead, you didn't do this. You should have done that. Fill in the blank, right? Um, and then turning around and, and confessing it, knowing that it's there, but then recognizing it. And I think that's the hard part for some folks because sometimes we get so jaded in, in, this, in this profession that uh, that we feel like it's okay sometimes to look uh, away for some of those smaller things and 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 I will challenge you a little bit because I, I do know you um, you know you're not necessarily when you think that you're not necessarily the norm yeah. right of of being a cop the truth of the matter is is you are the norm um, and the reason why I say that is is that it takes all. And, um, and for any one of us to sit here and say that, well, that guy won't be a cop or this girl won't be a cop or, you know, fill in the blank, um, that, that, that just is a misjustice for what God has created you to be. Um, I'm not saying that, that an accountant can't be a cop because they are, they're FBI agents, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, they got to be able to look at those numbers and they've got to, you know, that's the reason why the FBI goes and tries to find those guys and gals because, you know, they're data driven folks. Um, so, you know, you know, I, I say that because we have to have all kinds to be, uh, police officers. But that's the, also the same reason why I turn around and say is that, you know, it's my profession and not my purpose. Uh, cause I can even say that about being a Marine, right? Cause we needed those guys and gals that could do administrative stuff, right? That make sure people got paid to make sure that people are in a vehicle that is working, you know, mechanic wise. And then we need the, we need the guy and the gal to be able to sit in a foxhole or a fighting hole and being able to run after or go into, you know, in a gunfight. So, I mean, it takes all kinds. Uh, so I, you know, you know, I, I, we have to have all kinds. So I, I, I just challenge anyone to think that, well, you know, maybe being a cop one is not necessarily for me. That's not necessarily the case. If God's called it on your heart, now I do believe it's a calling. Now I, I do believe that. Um, but I, I do know that it takes all kinds in order to be able to do the profession that we, that we, that we currently, I guess you could say do, Yeah. <laughs> use yeah. easy terms. One of the, um, well, first of all, um, I think that I was trying to, I, I believe that you're right. Um, that, uh, when, what I was trying to say is that I don't fit the stereotypical image of what you would believe as an American police officer. Well, I, and, and I would understand. You, yeah, yeah, no, and I get that. I mean, yeah. but, but neither did Jesus. Jesus didn't feel the stereotypical yeah. Messiah exactly, either. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, so if we're going to sit here and say that, that, I mean, you know, you, you know, cause because Rome was looking for something, or not Rome, I'm sorry, the, you know, Jew, the Jew is looking for something else when the Messiah, but, you know, and he wasn't necessarily, quote-unquote, that. And, and, I, and I think we as cops get that bad rap a lot of times because, you know, what is the, quote-unquote, stereotypical cop? Well, heck, I don't know. All I know is, is that, you know, I want somebody with a good sense of morality, right, to go and do this job. That's it. That should be the stereotypical cop is somebody that's got a good sense of morality that could be able to go and do this job. They have to have good understanding of right and wrong and have integrity in order to be able to actually play that out in their profession. Because if they don't, then you're going to end up with cops that go, if you will, bad, 
rogue, fill in the blank of any and all of that. It's um, only a matter of time. Yeah, well, and it can be for a lot of different reasons, right? Whether if somebody comes into a profession or into in any any profession, it doesn't even mean policing. Is you know that the if the if the opportunity is there to do something nefarious. Depending on where they're at and where their morality is, they may take that opportunity, whether that's because, as we talked about earlier, with pride um, and or whether that's something that they want to act out because of, uh, you know, a a release that they think, think you're going to have. Right. Um, then I, I really think that that's where somebody can go, because here's the truth. Right. The truth is, is that our own responses of how God made us, right? There's there's flight, fright, or freeze. There's also fawn and fornicate, right? So you've got all these stress responses that anybody can have. Well, if somebody gets in these all these stress responses, right? And we really don't talk about the last two that I talk about, right? Fawning or, or fornicating is when we really start talking about that, a lot of guys in their stress responses, it's a reason why a lot of cops get married six, seven, eight times, right? You know, we can call them FTO wives if we want to, right? Um, but that's the reason why is because they're looking for that release. And if they can't find that release, then they'll go find it somewhere else. Well, whether that's recreational drugs, alcohol, and relationships. Video games, video pornography. Yeah, fill in the blank with all that stuff, right? And, it's, and that's where they're getting their quote-unquote release. But really, truly what it is is that the same same the same chemical that's released the dopamine that's released inside your brain whenever you're finding those stress releasers are the same thing that you know these illicit drugs release into your brain so alcohol the other ones so you literally get addicted on those stress relievers and next thing you know as soon as you get addicted on those stress relievers because whether you whether you want to go this way or not if your morality is not solid and what i mean by that is if you're not strong into and for me it's being christ centered if if you're not solid in that then you will succumb to those stress relievers and that's whenever you get hung into those um those different acts whatever those may remain yeah. so yeah, i 100 percent agree with what you're saying here this is you know one of the things that i wanted to get across is that you know we we can't as police officers if we're continuing to delve into that like as you said you know more than likely we're going to eventually mess up and it's going to be real bad and you know we're going to lose our pension or we're going to lose uh, our marriage or you know, whatever's going on right um but yeah and, because because here's the truth and and i say this and, and i keep saying it and here's the truth right but it, but it is true it's the reason why police officers get divorced at the rate that we get but it's not just a divorce it's also suicides and i'm not just talking about an actual suicide where someone commits suicide of their life where they take their own life i'm also talking about career suicide where they where they deep in or they they jump into the deep end with these other stress relievers whether that's alcohol drugs fill in the blank um, um, and, and they commit that career suicide because they do something nefarious in a sense of being where they, you know, go after an extramarital affair. They turn around and they go, you know, get into drugs or alcohol, get a DUI. Yeah, DUI in the patrol car. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah, any of those things, right? So as they dive into those things and they get in those stress relievers, if you will, what they believe is the stress relievers, that's whenever people have that you know, once again, goes back to suicide of their life, suicide of their marriage, suicide of their finances, suicide of, you know, you fill in the blank, career suicide. 
And, and that's where we get mixed up in as to we think of it as a profession, but if we think of it as a purpose versus a profession, then what happens is you stay centered into what your, you know, what your whole life, if you will, is meant for. And for me, that meant for is, is Christ-centered. Yeah, and that thousand percent agree with what, um, with what you're saying here, and unfortunately— you know, we, we see this, whether it be on a, um, on a micro level or a macro level with the, you know, we could, is it like 90% of police officers in, will I get a divorce? It's, it's on super high. Like yeah. I, I haven't seen uh, recent data, but the data that I I've been using is probably 10 years old, but we're, we're somewhere between 75 to 80%. And then, um, anecdotally, if you, you know, if you talk to people, there's all kinds of different stories you'll hear from different police officers and, you know, Oh, I did this or I did that. Um, and so moving from this, you know, now that we've gotten to, let's say that, you know, we're, we haven't, we have been treating this as your purpose instead of just a vocation. Um, let's say we're deep into it. You know, let's say that uh, I'm actively cheating on my wife or I, and showing up to work drunk or, um, you know, whatever it may be. Um, how do we change that so that we would better glorify? Like what, what you know, go other ahead. than get hit by two by four, right. And someone saying, Hey, moron, you're doing this. Right. So that's, that's the million dollar question. Um, cause I've seen it all different ways. I've seen guys and gals that have been really deep into alcohol um, or, um, you know, that have had instances where they are, they're literally alcoholics. They're in a divorce. They get a divorce. They turn into more of an alcoholic, you know, fill all those blanks in, you know, and, and this is, this is what I will say is until, until someone, either one of two things happen, either they have, in my opinion, have a come to Jesus meeting now, whether that come to Jesus meeting is by someone that is uh, a friend, um, someone that has the opportunity to be able to speak life into someone, and or Jesus Himself shows up, right? And uh, and I've seen that both ways. I've I've seen where you know someone has just done some really silly things and you know someone has spoken life into them now i will say whenever they've spoken life into them they've spoken christ into them um and they've had those hard conversations but then i'll also transpose that into i've seen and know of instances where people have just had that come to jesus moment where jesus just showed up you know and where they it was one of those you know, prophetic uh, type situations to where they just, whatever it was, whether it was a dream, whether that was, you know, they just felt God was speaking to them and like, this is now, fill in the blank. Um, so, so outside of that, you know, I, you know, I, I, I question how someone can come out. Now, once again, I, I I am that guy that will t- sit here and stand on top of the table or desk and say that that, that way is through Christ, um, because any other thing is a lie, and it's a lie from in in my opinion from the devil. So um, you know that they can pull themselves up, if you will, by the proverbial bootstraps, right? Which um, uh, you know. Th- I don't see that happening, you know, because it, it, once again, it goes to the lie of, you know, 
and it, and here's the bad part, part about that, right? Is if I've heard this once, I've heard it a thousand times from those guys or gals that have, have been deep down in alcohol has like, well, I can, I can, I can fix this. I can fix this. No, you're so far gone. You don't even know which way is left, right, or center. And, and, you know, no, 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 I got this. I, I, I'll, I'll just go to outpatient counseling. I'll, I'll just, uh, you know, fill in those blanks. And there's always a hole there. And what I mean by that is, is they're always looking for that one thing that's not filling, if you will, the hole that is leaving them empty. And whether that's something they haven't dealt with in the past, whether that's, uh, you know, whether that's a hurt that they have from the past as a kid or a professional, or whether that is uh, something that they have done to themselves to make that. Now, I'll be frank with you, and I'll tell you, um, in my opinion, I, I really truly believe a lot of the stress responses that we have are because of we're searching for that hole. And folks are trying to fill that hole with fill in the blank, right? It's the reason why we got AA. It's the reason why we've got, and you know, they'll say that we've got folks, and I believe this, that we have uh, a adult childs, right? Um, that it's the same reason why we have, you know, uh, even sexual predators, um, you know, and people feel that response by looking for sex, um, whether that's pornography or fill in the blank, is they're still trying to fill that hole and what that hole to make them, if you will, whole. Um, and so by them trying to find those, those stress relievers, really all they're doing is they're making a bigger hole for themselves because they're not getting that same dopamine dump whenever they actually go back and they, you know, really are trying to fill that hole with, in, in my opinion, Christ. Yeah. And the, um, so one of the things that uh, we addressed in the previous episode and so I, I know that you and I come from pretty different faith traditions, but one of the things that, um, uh, the previous guy, Alex, what he talked about is that, you know, we, there are very small, liturgies that we can be a, participate ourselves we, that we ourselves can participate in to um to better shape ourselves so that we would slowly form our you know, bring ourselves out of the hole that we're in right so let's say we've had that come to jesus meaning we have you know danny jones has showed up and smacked us with two by four um and then we and we have decided okay you know, we're, we're going to change. We have, you know, whether it be gone to rehab or we've made some kind of consistent change to what we need. Um, the, one of the things that he's talked about is that, you know, there are, that Alex talked about is that there are very small ways in which, um, we can, uh, glorify Christ and should better shape ourselves to glorify him and even in some ways sanctify ourselves um, and you know, for me, that is, uh, praying the daily office because currently I'm an Anglican. That's, um, that's our version of, you know, I guess a Bible study, um, or, um, crossing myself if I'm in some kind of really bad situation. Like for, for me, the, um, the kind of call that affects me the most and makes me really, really angry, um, is, uh, like child rapes or, you know, really bad sexual stuff happening to kids. I think it's like most cops, that's, that's a really bad call. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sure. Um, not even argue if it doesn't affect you, then, you know, you don't need to be doing this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. but you know, I, I have to, but Christ 
So let me yeah, let me yes. let me yeah. say that because because yeah. that that's my trigger as well. I I will tell you, but Christ will only allow me to be able to handle that because, you know, I want to do more than just arrest somebody, right? Because you know the human in me wants to go. How can you go to a you know to a victim like that? Um, you know, and and per, you know perpetrate a victim victim like that, a, a young child. So yeah, no, I agree with you one hundred percent. And and. And and I, I I think you're right, and I think you're getting onto some mantra stuff, right? And um, but because because we have to have things, as you say, uh, that keep us centered, right? And um, whether that is something that that we remind ourselves of, right? It's it's the same. It, 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 and I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and say you're not right or you're not wrong because I, I believe in both. And but what I really truly believe is is that it's bringing us back to being centered into what God's word is and who He is. Um, and and like for instance, uh, you know, there's a reason why God told Moses to set memorials up as they traveled from Egypt into the Promised Land. Right? Is to remember those things that God had done for them. And so I think. When we start setting up mantras, right, of being able to understand and know, hey, God got me out of that situation, or better yet, you know, I, I had a bad experience in that situation. But as uh, as as a secular guy would say, from Jocko Wilnick, he would say, "Good, right." And and the reason why is, and and then I would even go further and be able to say that that situation, even though it may have been bad, it's. God teaching us something from it and allowing us to be able to walk through it um, because, I mean, we, we can go back to all kinds of uh, biblical characters uh, and people, not characters, but, you know, real-life people that that went through these instances. The Even though they're the bad stuff that had happened to them, God utilized it to bring attention to himself and to glorify who he is. So I think... I agree with you as far as being able to set up some, uh, if you will, um, as you say, liturgy, whether that's a memorial, whether that's whether it's a mantra, whatever that is, to be able to understand, okay, God, you're you're bringing me back to you by utilizing it, and and I can get into that as far as how I, uh, however, uh, you know, uh, how I personally do it, and. Uh, yeah, and you know it's going to be different. You, you yeah, and I are you exactly. know, once again very yeah, different people, yeah, and so one hundred percent. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. And next part of the uh, episode, we're going to talk about uh, what are some resources that we can get into, and how as police officers we can uh, hopefully embody holiness. And we're back. So, uh, Danny Jones, one of the things that I wanted to ask you is, how do you, as, or when I say you, I mean one, like a police officer, um, what are some practices you can take to embody holiness or to better glorify Christ in your line of duty or even outside of it? 
Well, I think the biggest thing is, is that for any one person to understand a couple of different things. Uh, first, whose they are, right? And, uh, and that's hard for a cop because when we start talking about whose they are, that means that you have to submit to something else. And uh, we as officers don't necessarily like to submit, right? Yep. Because uh, we want to be able to say that, um, you know, oh, by golly, I'm the cops and I'm a police officer. You have to do what I say, right? And, you know, the authority that, that has to be stripped away, you know, by, for you to say I'm someone else's. Right. So there's a lot of humility in that. So first and foremost, uh, that's one of the biggest things and understanding that it's not about you. And uh, that's once again, that's really, really, really hard for a lot of different people. Um, So being able to take that kind of stance to also understanding that if I submit to something, then there's something else that's greater than me. And by understanding what something else that's greater than me and understanding what the purpose of what that is will allow me to be able to stay more centered into whom I am. Because left to my own vices, I'm going to do what I want to do because that's, that's human nature is to find that vice to be able to why, – why do we do that, right, for – whatever sick reasoning it is, is that we think that's how we survive, but it's not. And, uh, because ultimately when we start to go to our own vices, we get sucked up into those vices. And the next thing you know, is we end up into uh, a downward spiral versus an upward spiral, which is when we have a greater purpose than ourselves will allow us to be able to keep our eyes wide open and to be able to seek those opportunities that allow us to be able to accomplish the purpose that who he has us do. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I, I get what you're saying here. Um, one of the things that I consistently try to do in order to remember that, you know, that I'm, you know, this is not what I belong to is that take vacations with your family. Right. Um, yeah. and, and don't make them centered on, you know, going gambling or, you know, <laughs> you know, centered on a vice, on a vice, right. make them centered yeah. on, you know, on the virtue and you know right or, yeah yeah because 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 i think it's very important for us and, and this is very difficult for cops right and because i ask this question quite often and i even say it in the academies is that uh, you'll find yourself starting to mold yourself friend wise to other cops which I really truly believe that that is, uh, it can be a downfall. I'm not saying it's not right. I'm just saying it can be a downfall. And the reason why I say that is, is a lot of times when we deal with the public, uh, and especially if we've got friends outside of being cops, you know, we always say, well, what'd you do this week? Did you shoot anybody this week? <laughs> you know, nobody really realizes what they're saying whenever they, you know, they're trying to be funny, but that, that's not necessarily the case. So one of the things that I think is very important for us um, is to have those friends outside of policing, but also at the same time, give them parameters and boundaries that they have to operate in. And if we do that, specifically like the folks at my church, 
they know they can come and talk to me and they can even ask me some things. And there's sometimes I'm just going to say, I'm not telling you anything about that. And they have to be good with that. Um, and nine times out of 10, they are. Uh, and if they're not, it's okay. They're not necessarily, you know, going to be someone I communicate with all the time, if you will. Right. And that's okay. Um, but then also too, I've got to remember they're human, just like myself. Um, so I say that to have friends outside of being police officers is one huge thing that I would say that someone needs to do. Um, but then I would even go further and say that, that folks have to have activities outside of policing. I know too many cops that have literally have set their reputation on being a cop. And that's the reason why I say it's my profession, but it's not my purpose. And whenever they do that, that's the only thing they see, right? They only see putting the quote-unquote bad guy in jail, but they don't necessarily see the person that they can be able to help that much more by only focusing on that really small thing of putting one bad guy in jail. Yes, that's important. However, there's a whole myriad of people that is out beside that that you could be able to help otherwise as well. I've got all kinds of examples of that. Um, just by taking the opportunity, yes, I put a bad guy in jail because they 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 stabbed um, their girlfriend um, thirty some odd times and end up you know putting cuffs on this guy, taking him to jail. But at the same time. We also sat at the bedside, I sat at the bedside of the suspect to be able to have a conversation with him about who Christ is. And, and ultimately, from that, later, about two, three weeks after that, saw his brother, asked how his brother was doing in jail, and his brother's like, dude, he's like completely new guy, you know, and it's not the same guy that I knew before he went to jail, and, and being able to see that. And so having that conversation with his brother, who is outside of jail— also flipped a switch for him. And so, you know, it, it's not just being so centric on putting the bad guy in jail. Yes, once again, that's very important. However, it's also seeing the lives surrounding that and being able to open ourselves up to that opportunity on a consistent day-to-day basis allows us not only to look at their lives, but also re-examine our own selves to go, what are my, things that are in my life that I need to give up, get out of, so that way I can be more centered and more Christ focused versus if you will being like Peter's going oh the water's getting deep now and here I am falling you know falling in the ocean uh or in the sea I should say so you know but but by keeping my eyes focused on who Christ is then that allows us us as human beings to be able to wrap other people around into that to be able to help everyone I don't one of the things that we also do a bad job of because you know Seeing the police is, uh, or because we are the police, seeing the police is very quotidian to us. So, you know, it's a very day-to-day thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of times when people call the police, or especially if they call 911, that is a, a very, um, something bad going is going on. Yeah, and, you know, and we really talk about that specifically, talking about, um, you know, there's studies out there, and different studies show different things, uh, specifically when we're talking about what I like to call an activating event and or uh, a, a crisis event, right? Um, and whenever I'm talking about that is one of those where, you know, it's it it starts one of those stress responses, right? Fight, fight, freeze, fawn, or, or fornicate. And whenever I say that, you know, the average for policing, a police officer, right, in a 20-year career, 
will see 700 of those events. The average individual will only see three to four in their lifetime. And so when we start kind of, you know, looking at that and how and why someone would have one of those stress responses and being able to posit that into how we stay Christ-centered, um, if, if an officer or anyone else does not have, once again, that purpose, that why to stay into, they will fall into those vices very, very quickly because those stress responses push them into those, uh, those stress responses of, of vices, if you will. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's very important that w- we have that centrist, centristic uh, view on to who we are um, as individuals in Christ. Yeah, and um, one of the comparisons that um, I've, I've, I've kind of noticed is that so um, a priest specifically, his role is acting as an intercessor between the laity and Christ. That's kind of what the the Roman Catholics or, or the Orthodox would, would teach. We as police officers in some ways act as an intercessor between the, the bad stuff and the good stuff. Yeah, thin blue line, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and what, and one of the things that we cannot fall into the bad stuff because that's, you know, our vocation is to not be that, is to um, fight against the, you know, the chaos and the immorality and um, just the, the pure despair and, and, de- and you know, the, you, you know what I'm getting at here. Um, oh, yeah. And, now, and, and one of the reasons why, uh, and, and I, as someone that is, has been around a little long, a, a little while, the more that I, the more I do this job and specifically the more interactions that I have with, with higher level, let's just say higher level administrations. And I'm not talking about police administrations. I'm talking about city government. I'm talking about state government. The more that I see that, the more that I see, and this is, this is the hard part, maybe not necessarily for the officer at the, the rank and file officer, but the more I see the political side of this house, right. And, and I I don't even want to go down that, down that diatribe right um is we are very black and white people right and what i mean by that is is and i'm not talking about the color of our skin i'm talking about if the law says that you can't do x and someone does x then we should take them to jail or recite them or fill in the blank right but then all of a sudden the political side of the house you know jumps in and goes well maybe they didn't really mean x but they did x well, then we should, and this is where, in my opinion, where a lot of times where cops specifically have issues and start going down this stress response is because they get fed up and frustrated with the judicial system because political you know, aspirations start to come into play that end up getting to where a cop goes. And the reason why a lot of times, in my opinion, where use of force can get out of hand is because they see where they have fought somebody over and over and over again. And the frustration, it may not be that one individual, but it may be that one individual's actions that they have fought over and over and over again. And then they turn around and react to those actions because they don't see where other people have been necessarily adjudicated and found guilty of said actions. And so they feel frustrated. And next thing you know, the only thing they believe in is in the action itself, right? It's the 
whole hammer and nail, right? Sometimes it's not a nail. Sometimes it's a screwdriver. Sometimes you just need that to be able to get that thing out. So I, I really, truly think that a lot of what what we and the responses that we have are because of we see the lack of the judicial system, if you will, uh, answering the call of the black and white that we see, which once again goes back to if it's black or white, and let's just even say red letters for us, those are the things that we got to focus on. And those are the things, because we already know there's bad people that are just going to be here. But I really think it's just it, that we have to focus on the black heart and the bad things that are happening from the heart, not necessarily from for the person itself. One of the things that really frustrated me uh, when I was a rookie, rookie police officer um, is that, so I, I had this call, uh, I worked a, let's say a well-to-do area of town. Um, and one of the long story short, there had been a domestic, I'll leave out the details, but this guy needed to get an aggravated assault domestic, um, warrant. I went and got one signed off. Um, and then the next day the warrant went away and you know, from that just doesn't happen. The warrants don't just magically disappear. Uh, and so I had to try to track it down and all of a sudden everybody's lost the warrant and then, Oh, okay. I know what's going on here. <laughs> um, it, you know, dude's got a bunch of money and he made it go away and it is what it is. I, I can't change. One of the things that I, I like to focus on is that I am in a position where I've got certain responsibilities and I've got, um, I have certain authority in certain ways and I can only act in the framework that I work in and I don't have control over if other people are going to do the wrong, the morally wrong thing. I can work within my framework. And so I have to make the right choice or the right decision where I am now. But I, I if I become stressed all the time with the bad decisions or the immoral actions of others, then, you know, that's just going to spiral me down again. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Because, I mean, you're exactly right when, you know, I always like to ask the question is, who do you talk to the most, right? Well, the obvious answer is the the person you talk to the most is yourself. Uh, Because, you know, what what do I got to do today? Well, I've got to do A, B, C, and X, Y, and Z, right? I got these meetings scheduled for, you know, just for my own personal thing is, is, you know, these are the things I talk to myself more about. And so, if we continue to inundate ourselves with as the stress responses of, of the negative versus putting the positive into, then we will go down that diatribe of going, well, if nobody else is going to make a difference, then by God, I'll do it, right? And then we try to control the situation by controlling uh, the situation out, out of control, yeah. right? And, and God forbid we go back to the same house. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So then it then it then that whole spiral down, right? Um, it continues to even go further, right? There, there's a book uh, written. Um, it talks about the broad and build theory, and as as we spin spiral down with negative stuff, we have to be able to stop that, jump over to the positive side, so where we can start spiraling up. And if if we do not stop the spiral down, it will get one day. It may not be today, maybe tomorrow, fill in the blank, but 
as long as we go down, um, we are 50 more times likely to have the stress responses versus if we can stop ourselves to be able to jump over uh, to where we're actually spinning up, uh, then we're more likely to actually have a positive outcome versus a negative outcome if we continue to go down. So let's say um, I want to dig more into this. You know, I want to dig more into uh, spiraling down or... Um, you know, I'm, I'm finding myself that I'm continually making, you know, the wrong decision. Do you have, or do you know of any good resources that we, we can look for? Um, yeah, you, yeah. Yeah. Get ready to write, write here. Yeah. yeah. Right? Uh, so, uh, there's a great book, uh, by, um, uh, I can't even say the old boy's last name. It, it, you know, I'm too country for that. Uh, but the book's called Flourish. Uh, Flourish has all kinds of great, uh, uh, documents uh, and uh, studies that go into exactly how any one of us, specifically in policing, um, will allow us to be able to uh, get to a spot uh, to where we can actually get crazy enough as it is to flourish with inside of our inside of our uh, um, our our job, our profession. Um, you know, there's, uh, yep, that, that's, that's the book there. I can't even say old boy's name. It'll be Flourish by Martin E.P. Seligman. There you go. That's the reason why I'm having you do that, not me. <laughs> uh, so that's a great book. Uh, there's another one, uh, Trauma Stewardship. Uh, Trauma Stewardship is great, and I'll tell you the reason why it's great. is because that book specifically talks about the 16 stress responses that people can have from any one incident Um, and those stress responses compounded together um, can get to a spot to where folks literally need to seek if you will counseling and or if there's if they're doing any one of the uh, responses of alcohol or or drugs or even sex that kind of thing that they that they know and understand that they 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 need to go find counseling but but specifically, the great thing about trauma stewardship is is that it focuses a lot of the examples as first responders and also as uh, military men and women. So not all the responses are that way, but a lot of them are um, that that are examples of. Uh, that there's so many other other uh, books. I, I mentioned a couple of them at the very beginning, uh, specifically, um, you know. What's Your Why by Simon Sinek. Um, I would even go further to be able to say Leaders uh, Eat Last by Simon Sinek is another great book. Uh, I would also go into um, uh, The Why Cafe. It's a really small read. It's about 40 pages. That's, uh, you know, it's it's a really good book. Um, it talks about how you can find your purpose, right? Your PFE. Uh, PFE is Purpose for Existence in that book. Um you know, you could even go to a purpose-driven life, uh, you know, written by, um, you know, the folks at Saddleback. Um, so, yeah, so, there, I mean, there's all kinds of resources out there. I, I, there's all kinds of, of stuff. And, and, and that, this really goes to really what my purpose is, right? And, 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 and I'll, I'll, just, I'll just kind of, you know, um, tell you that. For me, I, I use the acrostic, and everybody else uses it, and this is how I personally use my purpose acrostic on a day-to-day basis to really speak to my own personal purpose 
and that goes into the first letter is L. You know, I lead myself very specifically every day, specifically as a Christian, and I get into the Word of God every day. I, I every day because if I don't stay standard on Him, I'm going to be left to my own vices, and I'm going to do what Danny wants to do versus what He is asking me to do. And so by staying and leading myself in a, directly to him, it allows me to, once again, stay centered, but it also allows me to be able to pull the servant leadership things that, that Christ is doing. So it allows me to be that better leader at, at work and at home, um, to be able to, to, to posit those attributes to do the next letter. The next letter is O, is to find those opportunities to be able to pour into others. Um, Whether that's to do the small thing of just doing a random act of kindness, or whether that's like, for instance, this here, um, the podcast. I I was blessed this morning by, I, I taught some dispatchers uh, one of my classes a couple of weeks ago, and she happens to, to see a video online, and she's like, hey, do I know you? And I was like, I don't know if you know me or not. She goes, you taught this class. Do you teach this class? Oh, yeah, I teach this class. Well, I just want you to know that it meant a lot to me. I watched a video of it, blah, 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 blah. Oh, hey, fantastic. It was an opportunity, right? And it's the reason why this is just another opportunity to be able to pour into people. That becomes into our the V, right? And the V for me is uh, I will live as a victor, not as a victim. Why? Is because I already know who won. I don't have to worry about it, you know. And so for me, I, it's living as a victor, not as a victim. And last but not least is uh, the last letter is, I actually add two E's on it because it's mine, uh, <laughs> is I, I, I live with enthusiasm and with endurance, right? Paul says, you know, we're, we're finish the race with endurance, right? And that doesn't mean it's a sprint, right? Because if it's a sprint, then it's like casting seed on the, you know, on the, not the prepared ground, but let's say just saw your rocky ground, right? Yeah, I can get some roots there, but eventually it's just going to die off. Um, so I want to be in that good soil, but in order to be in the good soil, I got to be cultivated. And so in order to be able to cultivate, I got to go back up to the L and then I got to find the O. And so, so essentially it's that one thing, it's love. Right, and uh, that's that's the reason why I do what I do in the way that I do is because he first loved me. Period. Uh, you know, there it has zero to do with anything else. It has everything to do with it. Yeah. Well, I think we're going to end on that great podcast episode. If you have any questions, uh, feel free to email remainingsanepodcast at gmail.com. Once again, this is the Remaining Sane Podcast, finding peace in our chaos. Any questions, comments, whatever you want to say, remainingsanepodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at remaining sane PC. Thank you and have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye.